0: come from Brazilian music, but of course you went into jazz. Now, it seems to me that there's a very specific uh, relationship harmonically between jazz and Brazilian music, but the thing that's, that's interestingly different is the fact that Brazilian rhythms are quite uh, uh, different from jazz rhythms in many ways. And if you could demonstrate, like, what I'd like you to do is just play one tune, like a, some a jazz tune, just play the head in a sort of a straight jazz way, and then show how a Brazilian sensibility would change that.
1: The jazz tunes, when people listen to them, normally they would clap at two and four, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Brazilian music, you listen and you would clap on two, but it's a slow two, would be one, two, one, two, one, two, instead of one, two. One, two, three, four. One, two. Uh-huh. One, two, two That's the difference. So uh, I can show you something that rhythmically, because in jazz you, you use a lot of triplets. In the know? subdivisions. In subdivisions, yeah. Which means da 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 And in Brazilian you use ta da 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 The rhythm is different. So I'm gonna show you something. Let's say I play the bebop tune. Uh-huh. about. Power. Yeah. Right, if it was Brazilian uh-huh. That would be the difference. Great. Say if we do Desafinado, uh, like as a jazz, right? One, two, one, two, three, four And uh, I think
0: one of the interesting things that I think when people first start playing Brazilian music coming from uh, a strictly jazz background, there's a lot of things that, uh, there's a lot of rhythms that accent what we would call four. Some of them was, you know, and that, that's a specific, I, I guess I'm sure you, a, there's right, a name okay. for that rhythm, but you know that one that, that accents the four, and it seems at first when you start playing it to be backwards, but in fact it's great. Right, right. There's another rhythmic, I mean it's really interesting to hear you guys playing together, and when I heard you the the other night in London, Mark, you come from a sort of, I guess, a school of bass playing that may have been, and correct me if I'm wrong, started by Scott Mm -hmm. LaFaro. And and I'd really love it if you would explain a little bit about his innovations were many, but especially the rhythmic way that he played uh, with Bill Evans before you. Uh, it was very much more rhythmically sophisticated than bass players were playing before. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of right? And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah,
2: the things that, that the whole trio in that group was exploring rhythmically was was different than the tradition. The tradition was almost like, a, in, a, in a piano trio setting, would have been more like a, you know, almost like a big band, a small big band, because the drummer and, and the bass player would play real strict time. In other words, the bass player would be playing four to the bar. You know, keeping the quarter note pulse happening all the time. And uh, Scott LaFaro was, was doing things, uh, tying notes, like playing things over the bar lines and stuff like that. So you might feel the pulse going like this, but what you might hear him doing was something like this. One, two, one, two, deep.
0: doing on the Latin tunes was that as well, and it, it just, it was beautiful to hear, because if you could play like some kind of Latin thing where, where you do that, because you broke up the beat in this really cool way, and in the same way that you would do in a, in a swing version, but you also, in a, in a Brazilian context, you were doing the same thing.
2: Oh yeah, well, I'm trying to play the, the basic, in, in, in the Brazilian context, the basic two feel, the one and two. And what happens in between one and two is just a little augmentation or, or just a little uh, what's the word for that? <laughs> There's a musical term for that. Yeah,
0: it's called coolness. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> it's
0: called hipness personified. Okay. I mean, if you could just give a little example of like, uh, maybe it's maybe it was more evident when you were soloing a bit, but the rhythmic displacement within the Brazilian context was really fun to listen to. So. Maybe if you could give a little example of...
2: Well, I wouldn't really call it so much... Dis- maybe just a little bit of... That kind of thing? Yeah. Just a little bit of uh, um, anticipation.
0: One of the points that I want to make is that bass players are improvising all the time, really, because they're making up parts as they go along, and yeah. they, they can alter things, and it's not just playing one... Oh, yeah, because, see, traditionally, let's do the little change I play over on Chavon. Okay.
1: There that you feel the pulse, one and two, and then he brings in li- that kind of inner plane, right? that little, kind of rhythm and syncopation. little
2: syncopation. Yes. I'll just anticipate the downbeat just ever so slightly, so it feels, it propels the beat a little yeah,
1: bit. so we're going to do the same type of thing we did, but the way, you know, the other way, three, four. Yeah. Um. And um, you know, I? what I do on the piano, the Brazilian, is that I really try to create the rhythm. Uh-huh. Like, if I would play this rhythm outside of the piano, it's like a samba school.
0: Uh-huh.
1: That's what I'm doing. Uh-huh. It's like I'm really playing the entire rhythm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, you know.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me something about, like, the real, old, traditional Brazilian music, mm-hmm. sort of before the 60s, before mm-hmm. even the 50s? If, if the traditional, what was the aspect of improvisation in Brazilian music? Yeah. Like? You
1: know, the, the greatest aspect of improvisation before that time was yeah. really in the rhythm, uh-huh. it was basically the variations that they would do with the rhythm, like they would keep the beat and do things on top of uh-huh. it. Um, in terms of improvising, I mean, Brazilians are very natural improvisers, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what they do. I mean, they just create songs, you go on the streets, you know, people are sitting by the bars, they create rhythms, banging with a little knife on the glass, or a little matchbox. you know, they create, this is an all part of improvisation. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we have an instrument like piano, then you do an improvisation with the notes and other things, but they do it with the rhythm mm-hmm. so much. Um, when the rhythm it was so established—the Brazilian music, the samba, the baiao—all of those rhythms—and during the '60s, when we had the bossa nova movement, that's when we had Jobim writing songs. that were very much like the American standards, like great vehicles for all of the instrumentalists to play, to improvise, and this is when really the rhythm and the harmony melted into what made Brazilian music so well known all over the world.
0: Brazilian music influenced jazz so much, not only rhythmically, but also harmonically. And uh, of course, jazz influenced Brazilian music. So now, I guess today, it's, uh, it, it's almost become one thing. You can't have one without the other in a way.
1: Well, that, that is <coughs> true. And I would say especially for me, you know, because growing up in Brazil, with the Brazilian rhythms, and also with the jazz that I had around the house, mm-hmm. I can like travel. You know, I can start a song as a Brazilian feel, going to the jazz and improvise, or even do the whole jazz, cause the whole essence of jazz is really an improvisation. So just bring that whole aspect into the Brazilian and then changing the rhythms between the jazz rhythm and the Brazilian rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: And of course, I mean, the older Brazilian traditional music I guess you could call it a kind of a folk music, except I've always thought Brazilian folk mus- music must be the most sophisticated folk music in the world.
1: Well, you know, if you hear some of the Villa Lobos works, mm. they are fantastic and harmonically so beautiful and melodically, and uh, that's some of our folk music. Yeah. You know. So I just accompany yeah, all the way the through, and, and, all and the way. What's you new? Know, play, play like bars you play, you play a little bit of walking on something, like if he was accompanying. Yeah. And then going to solo. Yeah. Like uh, so Miss Jones, anything, yeah. Okay. Whatever you. And we'll start walking and then yeah. we'll go into something, okay. yeah. Two, two, one, two.
2: Melodically, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a little up little melodies yeah. that's, that connect one to the next. I mean, I'm leaving, I guess that space is just a natural thing, like you would when you're speaking, you, you're speaking in sentences and there's an undulation in your voice, and also, you know, there's natural pauses in, in your you know, as you're thinking of the next phrase that you're going to speak, and yeah. also of just to breathe, and it's like that in music.
0: Yeah, I noticed while you're playing, you are breathing. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 very similar to speech, and I think that's a that's a good analogy for you know, mm-hmm. people to, to understand that when you are playing, you're communicating just like you're talking. I'd like you to just give an example of what what an accompanist does to feed a solo, to inspire them, or to, to push them off into some other direction or something. You know, accompanists are improvising as well. Sure. I, even, it's not just the soloist who's improvising, it's the accompanist improvising. So if you could say a few words about that and maybe give an example.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, an art, you know, uh, great art, accompanying is, first of all, it's listening to the soloist, what the soloist is saying. And it's almost like Mark used the thing about talking. Now this time is a conversation. Like, I listen, you know, the accompanist must listen to what the player sing musically support that musically and give a feedback and at the same time give little responses that may also create some kind of a musical uh environment for him to go into something new i mean and then by him responding to that he goes that place and then you listen to that and then you create something else behind that and that's what keeps making it new every night that we play and the communication that happens, but it all starts from really creating, I always call like, you know, creating like putting a very comfortable, delicious pillow for the person to lay on. You know, that's the idea, it's like here, just go and get comfortable, you know. And so that's the first idea is to create that pillow for the person and then you do the inner
0: We'll give Mark a pillow here and we'll give a little example of I you're give him
1: about. a pillow every time we play. No <laughs> <longer>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: She's a bass player's dream accompanist. <sighs> yeah. um,
1: something rhythmical, something melodic. Something? Um. <laughs> We, s- we get to a point that he picks up the bowl and there's nothing prepared mm-hmm. and it's he's creating some melodies and I start doing things yeah that was beautiful but and mm-hmm. every night comes out different but it's a very special moment of communication and creating that kind of a because the place is just playing that one note but everything has to do with what you're doing with that behind that and it's very pretty
2: yeah, this is a prime example of of, of me um playing a note, listening to what she plays, and having that stimulate me into another note, the next note that I'm going to play.
1: I mean, that's just that's you know a similar
2: little moment that we do like at, he it just at the end of a, one of the tunes yeah but we create something
1: and, and it could be risky you know we, we don't know exactly but we just go and listen to each other and try to create right yeah and
0: that's why you guys are so
1: good
0: <laughs>